You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone. Go Hayes hits a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live, a Tuesday edition as we get ready. As you can see, players warming up. It's going to be game two between the Athletics and the Boston Red Sox coming your way. We have another great guest list. Vince Catronio is going to join us coming up here at 415. After batting practice, the number one prospect that's been called up, Tyler Soderstrom is going to join us. We haven't talked to him since spring training, so it'll be great to catch up with him. Our old buddy Julian McWilliams used to cover the A's for the Athletic. He now covers the Red Sox for the Boston Globe. He'll be here at 515. And then Johnny Gomes, who I'll be doing A's pre- and post-game live with later today on NBC Sports California. Uh, Johnny, a two-time World Series champion and truly one of the great leaders in baseball history. As he was the leader of the Boston Red Sox, he was the leader of the Kansas City Royals, he was the leader of the Rays when they went to the World Series, and we remember what he did for us back in 2012. So it'll be great to catch up with Johnny Gomes. That is all coming your way right here on A's Cast Live. Obviously, last night was an absolute dud. It looked, you know what it, you know what it looked like in the end. You know when people say when at work they have the Monday blues? Ah, it's a Monday. You're coming off a great weekend. Who knows? It's summertime. Maybe you you went somewhere. You went to the beach. You went out to a lake. You played golf. You tennis. You did a hike with the family, bike ride, whatever the heck. I don't even know what you do, Cody. You would have gone for a walk with the dog. Uh, well, we're going to start playing pickleball tomorrow, so that's going to be the new thing. All right, so Cody's playing pickleball in his tight shorts. Uh, whatever you do. Hey, by the way, look behind you. Look behind you. Uh, look uh, behind you. I know. You're talking about the legend? The legend was was doing badges behind you. <laughs> okay, I'm not surprised. I, don't worry, here to go. Roy, Roy's making sure he gets everybody's badge behind you. It doesn't matter who it is. He's like the Secret Service. Nobody. No, Rob Manfred comes down. Excuse me, sir. I need to see your bat. Uh, doesn't matter. He's going to get your bat. He, he asked where you were. I said, oh, he's, he's TV time, man. That's He's big time. 
Do I need to? Do I need to have my badge out? Does he need to scan it through the through the through the camera? He need, actually needs your NBC one. They they actually scan NBC. He scans NBCs as well. <laughs> uh, oh man! But you know what I mean. It's like you have this great weekend. It's Monday where it looked like yesterday was just it was it was a case of the Mondays. It was awful. I mean, there's no way good. There's no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, that was a bad bad effort. And when you strike out 18 times, you have one hit, you know. And and, and I, I get we're going to have nights like that. I, I accept it. It's just I need you to play with your hair on fire. I need to. I need you to play with emotion. I need you to play fearless. I need you to play like – and Johnny Gomes will talk about this at 530. I mean, you got to play – you got to play balls out. Excuse my language, but that's what it is. You've got to play balls out. And I didn't see that yesterday. And these young guys have a great opportunity, and they need to take advantage of it. And it's got to be all in, all day, all – when you get here – your preparation before the game, during the game, after the game, it's all in. Everybody's got to be all in. And if no one is all in, if guys aren't all in, they got to go. That's the only way this thing turns around is everybody's got to be all in. And if everybody's not pulling on the same rope, Kotze and Force got to understand that, and guys got to go. Nobody's making the kind of money that, well, what are we going to do with this contract? If you're not all in, and you're not busting it from the time you get here till the time you leave. You got to go, and that's the way it's got to be. Because last night's effort was—I mean, Pavetta threw the ball well. You'll tip your cap, but man, 13 strikeouts by him, setting a franchise record. A Red Sox—you know—when the Red Sox set a franchise record or a guy sets a record, it's a pretty big deal. And 13 strikeouts for him, 18 total for the for the pitchers for the uh, Red Sox and they're they're going opener again today right yeah it's uh Joe Jaquez I don't know how to say his last name it looks like Jock so I'm gonna go Joe Jocks maybe I didn't look up the baseball reference it's J-A-C-Q-U-E-S yeah well I don't know we thought I thought Luis Robert was Luis Robert so don't listen to me well, that was the Cuban Frenchman that, that <laughs> is still one of the funniest moments ever in the case. I wish we had marked the tape on that one because that was one of the funniest moments in the history of Ace Cast when the 25-year-old, he wasn't 25 then, he was much younger. He was brand new with the White Sox. Louis Robert Luis. Jr. Luis Robert Jr. Um, my man here, Commander Cody, thought his last name was actually Robert. Well, I told you that on MLB The Show, Book Shambi calls Robert Poisson Robert Poisson. So now do we got to confirm with Alex Jensen how to say his first name now, or is that just a video game error on Book Shambi's part? I believe it's Robert Poisson. Yeah, it's what we've been told the whole time. The, so I don't know. And don't, don't get me started on what we just gave Jacob Wilson, $5.5 million to sign the number one pick. Earns it, right? That's yep. He's the number six pick, right, in the draft. Uh, we go we go back a few years. We gave Robert Poisson an international signing. I think he was like 16 years old at the time. Gave him 5.1 million. Just got called up to Stockton. Oh, by the way, uh, according to my scouting reports coming out of Stockton, maybe you called Dallas 209, but I've got reports from the 209 myself. Mr. 209. Mr. 209. I once did an arena bowl in Stockton. Don't you ever forget that. 
the great San Jose Sabercats had to play at that Stockton Arena. Yes, national television, ESPN. I did sidelines for an Arena Bowl in Stockton. Um, Robert Poisson, the $5.1 million international signing slash as of right now, is a bust. Yeah. Is now an outfielder? Yeah, that's that's what that's the intel we we were getting today. That's our what our source he's was now saying. Now an out five point one million for. I mean, how long has he been playing? He's what turning twenty one now, or he's yeah. going to be twenty one? I think he's twenty one. I think Alex said he's twenty one, going to be twenty two. He's been in the organization for how many years? And I mean, we have a lot of the organization has a lot of shortstops, but I mean, moving him to outfield, I, mean, I don't know. And he's well, not I back in Stockton. Playing field, so I guess you got to find something to do with him. But so uh, that that's an interesting note from today. But hopefully today will be much better. We're, we're going to talk about Luis Medina. I've got a game plan for him today. We're going to play pitching. We're going to put our pitching cap, pitching coach caps on today. And uh, we're going to have a little game plan for him because his arm is too good to have a 6.34 ERA. And by the way, he's 2-7. and seven. He's earned these seven losses. His stuff is just too good. And the Boston Red Sox, you know, they're hot. They won 11 of 13. So they're eleven and two, and so they're eleven and two in their last thirteen, averaging six point five runs per game. And you could say they're the hottest team in July. And this AL East keeps getting uh, keeps getting really interesting. And I can tell you, if you could have seen the smile, I, I got out of bed this morning, and I went to my phone. And I saw something that just put the biggest smile on my face. It was seeing that the New York Yankees are in last place by themselves. I, I immediately, first thing I did this morning, I didn't kiss my wife. I didn't, my, I, my one daughter was home, didn't even hug her. I didn't even pet the dog. First thing I did this morning was send Cody a text of the Yankees being in last place. And what was that, the first time since 1990? Correct. I was uh, not even two years old yet when the last time they were they were, uh, that, they were that bad. So, And you know what? There, that, Maybe we'll bring this up with Vince, because I, I, I don't know if you were able to watch the entire telecast last night. But uh, last night, Dallas and Vince, there was a moment where they talked about guys doing things, and, you know, it doesn't always have to be – the best exit velocity or barrel rate, put the put the ball in play, right? And Vince says, hey, listen, they put those numbers on the back of your baseball card. But then Dallas made an interesting point where he said, well, if you don't have those certain numbers, barrel rates, exit velocity, you won't be allowed to have a baseball card. I thought that was an interesting point, and it brings me to this for the Dallas Bradens of the world. The New York Yankees have spent over two billion dollars close to three really since the last time they went to the world series it's a lot of money they have, they have the biggest r&d department re- research and data they they you know we went from having outside people do numbers to the yankees brought everything in they have the most employees working in research and data of anybody in baseball so they spend the most money on data Eno saris told us how they were looking for a certain type of player, and it was power. Power arms, power bats. They had a certain type of player that they were trying to build around. Guys that had high spin rates, guys that lit up velocity, lit up the radar gun, 
and certain players, just not guys that hit bombs, they're guys that hit the ball real hard. So they had certain types of players. So the Yankees invested almost $3 billion in players, and that's just been 40-man roster. Who knows what it is total? They have the largest, most expensive research and data department. They've searched for exactly what Dallas Braden was talking about last night. How many trips to the World Series since 2009? Uh, for the Yankees, that'd be a zero. Okay, so they haven't won one, let alone haven't been to one. And they've spent all this money. And let me tell you something. When you spend all that money, your return on investment isn't just to make the playoffs. Yeah. They didn't do all that just to make the playoffs. They didn't do it just to get past the first round. The New York Yankees have spent all this money and done all this research, and they have all this data, and they've done all of that for one thing, and that's to win the World Series, and they haven't done it since 2009. Think about that when everybody talks about you have to do this, the players have to look like this, they've got all this data. Data obviously is totally important, but even if you look at the great Yankee teams that started in 95, right, when they started bringing that core up, right, next thing you know, they're winning, and they go through the three straight. The first one was, what, 96? Yeah. And then they win 98, 99, 2000, losing 2001. Are you going to tell me that Bernie Williams had the best barrel rate of anybody in baseball? I'm going to go probably not. Did Andy Pettit, did Andy Pettit throw it harder than anybody else? No. Uh, did Derek Jeter have exit velocity? No. What they did is they went and got really good baseball players. Paul O'Neill, Tino Martinez. They had Wade Boggs and Charlie Hayes before they had Scarp Brocious. They went out, got knobblocked. They went out and got a bunch of really good baseball players, put them together, and they won. They didn't say this is one way to do it. We're just going power, 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 power. That's not how those great teams were built. Well, they've been doing that for years, and they've won nothing, and they've spent a lot of money doing it. And right now, they find their way of building a baseball team now, strictly built on power and data, has landed them in last place in their own division. It's uh, it's crazy to think that the last time they were in last place, I wasn't even two years old yet. So, uh, and <clears throat> now I think I saw the note too. They've lost twenty of their last thirty-five without Aaron Judge. Uh, they're just not playing well, and that's why they're in last place. The pitching, Rodon hasn't been great either. The big free yeah. agent acquisition they made, he hasn't been great for them either. And he he was out for most of the year with the injury, and he comes back and he hasn't been good. I mean, outside I think of they're Gary, just happy he's there because yeah, I mean, it was yeah. like, when is this guy gonna pitch? We have a question today, and I know Vince is going to be showing up here in just a second. Really started thinking about it last night. I don't know why. Maybe it was Otani with the great bat flip and the home run against the New York Yankees, where we started really looking at, okay, what does trading him really mean? Because the amount of money that we know that we all make. Like when Shohei Otani when Shohei Otani comes to town, you're seeing all these Japanese advertisements in Oakland. Well, that's because someone's paying the Oakland A's to put that up there. The amount of money that he makes for the Angels is unbelievable. And the amount of money that they're gonna ride this thing out if they keep him is just it's insane. We've never seen it. And really what the World Baseball Classic taught us, those last two games that Team Japan played, anywhere between 80 and 90% of all televisions in Japan were on Team Japan. 
So if Shohei Otani sticks with the Angels and he goes after the American League record for home runs, the amount of international money he'll be worth. So all these people, Vince, in baseball right now are talking about, oh, you just got to trade him for some prospects because he's going to be gone anyway. I, I think of the business side of it from Artie Moreno, if I lose him as a free agent, I get it, but the amount of money that I can make in these next possible uh, few months, especially if he's going for the AL home run title, which I think the people in Japan will – They'll be saying, that's the actual title. Bonds was a cheater because we know how they feel about Sadahara O, Babe Ruth, and that whole thing. Uh, big money be made. It's a tough decision if you're the Angels. It's a major – you're talking about millions upon millions of dollars. You want to give that up to somebody else for some prospects? It's interesting. What do you think? Well, Chris, I'll say this. Uh if you keep Otani and you don't get to the postseason, you lose Otani. He's going to sign somewhere with somebody, and all you're going to get is one draft pick. You have a chance potentially to get multiple high-level prospects or players that are already in the big leagues that can help you immediately. They have a lot of needs over there. The other the other issue is what what's going to happen – when Otani is officially gone, I don't know. I don't know if he is or not, but it seems it seems like if they're not in the postseason again this year, and he wants to win, he has said that. And it comes to the off season, and he has opportunities that are unlike any other players ever had, and he's going to capitalize on that. What does Mike Trout say? When does he walk into Artie Moreno's office and say, "You know, we gave it a good run. Uh, I don't think this is a place that's going to." get to where we all want to go anytime soon perhaps you need to move me as well and and help you know rebuild your organization while I go and hopefully get to some October baseball sooner as opposed to later that's the that's the $64,000 question right now for the remaining two and a half months of the season uh, and, and more especially and closer you know the next two weeks what happens with Otani are they willing to make the Herschel Walker type of a move and uh, try to replenish things and and just kind of take a, a step and, and go in another direction. They have a lot of holes they've got to fill, Chris. You know that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And you know, how, how they get that done uh, is, is not going to – I don't think it, it gets easier if you keep another player that's going to be making $50 million a year next year uh, on their payroll. I just don't – it just hampers everything else you're trying to do. I think they've got a chance to really infuse an organization that needs a lot of help, and I certainly he's the guy that can get it done. Yeah, I, that's the baseball side. There's no question. Yeah, I, I know they, they make they make side. they'll make seven figures. I mean, it's in the millions what they make on the side with the endorsements that he brings to the table. All you do is watch it an Angels game and and see yeah. the, the rotating boards behind behind home plate. Those are mostly designed for the Japanese audience. It's plain and simple. So yeah, uh, those, I mean, dollars well, are, those dollars cool. are coming in. Think, think if he's going for the home run record, too, the American yeah. League home run record, that whole buildup. I mean, it's just – it's they know and things that I've heard, the amount of money and what I think it could be, it's almost like, oh, my God, you could buy players, maybe go buy prospects. But that's why this next two weeks is going to be fascinating. And what will somebody be willing to give up for a rental? Okay. And hopefully it's – I mean, I, I would love to see if it's like a Tampa or a Baltimore. I don't know if that will happen, but – Otani with one of these teams, especially not the the big market, big money team, what he could mean in the baseball tournament for you as a pitcher and a hitter, especially after what we saw in the tournament with him, the way he came out of the bullpen for Team Japan. For me, the only team that would trade for him 
other than the Dodgers, which I don't think the Angels will do. The only the only team that that would trade for him and have a realistic shot of keeping him next year and beyond is the Seattle Mariners. For me, uh, do they have enough for what the uh, Angels are looking for? I don't know, but I mean Baltimore. He's not going to Baltimore. He's not going to Tampa Bay. I don't think he's going to go to the Red Sox. He's. I'm not so sure he wants to play for the Yankees either. So um, or the Mets. Uh, they don't have players. F- they don't have players for the Angels anyway. For somebody of that magnitude, you know, at, at a time where they're looking to, to make that kind of push and replenish their system. For me, uh, on the West Coast of Seattle, even you heard it during the All Star game. You, you know, you heard the fans saying, you know, come to Seattle to Otani every time he was on the field. So they made their their wishes public on what they're hoping for. And I, I would never rule out, based on what we've seen the past few years, how aggressive Seattle has been. They brought in Castillo, immediately signed him to a long-term deal. Uh, Julio Rodriguez stepped in. He was a sensation his first year. They signed him to the forever contract, basically. They're not afraid to make those kind of big splashes. And given the history they have with the Japanese players and the uh, certainly the amount of people that are of, uh, of the uh, Asian, are Asian-Americans or have uh, Asian backgrounds that live in Seattle, it would just explode. All right, for this deadline to really be interesting, somebody that's got players and has spent money is going to have to punt. Otherwise, I mean, at some point, if you're – okay. I mean, they've got two major players right there in Goldschmidt and Arenado, Mm -hmm. and I just wonder who who are the teams that are possibly going to punt, in your opinion, that will make the trading deadline interesting? Well, the White Sox have pitchers that people want. Uh, I think that's that's pretty high on the list. We just talked about the Cardinals, not just the two main guys. Are they willing to make that kind of a move? They also have Jordan Montgomery, who might be available as a pitcher, as a you know middle back end of a of a rotation, but a guy that's that's been around pennant races the past couple of years. I think he's intriguing. And young Dylan Carl- Carlson is a name who's from this neck of the woods, from Elk Grove, who now is out of a job basically. Now that Tyler O'Neill is going to be activated this week, and uh, he's a guy that could help could help a team uh, in terms of significant teams and then you go to San Diego I mean what will San Diego Ooh. do you know will Blake Snell will they trade Juan Soto uh you know will somebody want Juan Soto for two pennant races because you get him for the end of this year and all of next year uh are you willing to give up a, a a ton of prospects to help them replenish what they lost when they traded for Soto when they sent all the players over toward the uh, Washington Nationals so I think that's the to, the most intriguing team is the Padres because they're the most underperforming team that has a the most star power that that AJ Prell has never been afraid to push the button. We've seen that in a variety of ways. He's not afraid to trade. He's not afraid to sign. Uh, I think it's going to be a wild final 24 to 36 hours on how that trade deadline comes to pass. And I would not be shocked if you see a, a, a revamped San Diego Padres lineup minus one or more of the stars. Blake Snell is a guy that could that could leave as well. I mean, they're, they. They've got options that a lot of teams are looking for. And I think if I'm kind of ranking the teams that, that are bigger market teams, bigger payroll teams, I go with San Diego and I go with St. Louis. And then, you know, will the Angels do something with Otani? And then you've got the other teams like the Royals who might have a couple of pieces. Certainly the White Sox have pieces that, that teams would, would like to, uh, to grab onto. So Milwaukee's already said they're not trading Corbin Burns. So, and they're in first place by two games over Cincinnati. So they appear to be a team that's going to look to add as opposed to they're certainly not going to subtract. Uh, it's going to be wild, I think, those those final 24 hours. We saw what the Rangers did. They 
kind of had sent the first salvo across the bridge when they acquired Aroldis Chapman, and he's been outstanding for them. He struck out the side last night uh, against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, and they won that game, an important game, because they got a They've got a monster schedule coming up behind Tampa Bay. They've got the Dodgers. They've got the Astros. They've got one other difficult team in there as well over a two-week period. So they've made that kind of early move already. They knew that they had to address their bullpen. I think you might get a Scott Barlow involved somewhere from the from the Kansas City Royals. He's going to go to somebody that needs help at the back end of their bullpen. I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. And I, I don't know what happens as far as the athletics are concerned. Uh, they have some, you know, ancillary pieces that maybe. A I haven't team told you what's going to happen. Not, not yet. Uh, wait, 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 okay. wait, 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 my phone is buzzing. Hold on one second. <laughs> don't uh, you have that card in your back pocket you, that has all the names? You know, in it? you know who's intriguing, and I don't want to see it happen, but it's Shintaro Fujinami. I mean, he's on a one-year deal. Those 102 yeah. miles an hour. He has found a niche in the bullpen. Not necessarily the closer. A little bit of the setup guy. Uh, basically, a one-inning guy for the most part. And he's had some level of success. He's had much better command. And that might be a name that is attractive to the teams because there's, there isn't a lot attached to Fuji after this year. It's just this year, and then he's, then he's done. So, uh, for me, that's a, that's a name I think that maybe the A's are, are hearing some conversation about. I have a feeling, and I asked David Force this. He kind of backed it up. Let's see how you feel about it. Well, sure. I mean, anything that – I mean, if, I, I should compare my – my thoughts and, and my sources to David Forces, but we'll go exactly. Ahead. Well, I know you. Have, I know you have a pipeline. Um, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of people who are going to do a, try and do deals, and then as the deadline's coming up, you won't be able to make deals, and then you're going to have a team like Oakland. You may they may not have the most desirable players, but they got veteran pieces. You feel you need to make a move. I have a feeling when the A's start wheeling dealing will be towards the end, not now, not in the next week, but at the at the end because once you don't get it done with, let's say, Cardinals, Padres, White Sox, whoever, maybe then you go, okay, call David Forrest, I'll take Tony Kemp, I'll take. Do you get a feeling that's what how it could post pop how it could possibly be for the A's? I think anything is is on the table. The thing about those players you're talking about. Um, like with, with Jace Peterson and Aledemus Diaz, they have another year of a contract that probably has to be in conversation about making those kind of decisions. I don't think, you know, whoever the A's potentially move, it's not that they're going to get that particular team's top five prospect anywhere. I think they're just going to no. get somebody that's going to be in the lower minors that may have a chance to develop either as a pitcher because he has a big-time arm or, you know, some factor of, of a player on the field. He's, got, he's a plus defender or he's a plus runner or he's, a, he's got power that maybe we can expand some of that stuff and, and see if the kid develops in your system and you can get him to the big leagues. But you're not going to get – I mean, the A's are not the blockbuster team for sure. I mean, they're not the team that, that we've seen in the past with, when they've made some of those very aggressive deals with some household names that, that moved on to other, other teams. And for a variety of reasons, it's been different this year. Certainly David talked about this with you. You know, they've done when – the, when the team has been in it, they've gone for it. They've been clear about that. When they haven't been, they have – been more than willing to make the move of sending players like a Rich Hill, uh, Josh Reddick to the Dodgers, and, and things of that nature. Uh, the, the spring training of last year was just a, a unique situation in so many ways about making those kinds of moves, and the A's have had to, to live with that ever since. So now they're trying to bring some of the young players up, and I think you've got a level of excitement with Zach Geloff and Tyler Soderstrom, and there hopefully will be a couple more in the pipeline. Maybe you want to see uh, Darnell Hernandez, and you want to see Lawrence Butler before the year is out. And if, and if you get that accomplished, that's great.
But the one thing the A's have got to see, Chris, somewhere, they've got to see pitching, right? They've We've seen J.P. Sears make steps forward. We've seen Luis Medina have some moments. Ken Waldachuk has had some moments. Uh, Kyle Muller's struggling right now at AAA. What about like a Ryan Cusick? Where is he in the mix? Where's Joey Estes in the mix? Where, where are they coming? Are they coming? Are they close? And then you've got uh, you know, some other arms as well, Jack Perkins, things of that, guys like that, that, that are at AA right now that, you know, somewhere down the road. You, this club needs to improve their pitching, and that's, uh, that's something that we're all waiting for. You know, it's always kind of been the tough thing for any franchise when you're going young. And I think with some of these veteran guys, one of the things is you want to open up roster spots to be able to bring guys up. That, that's also some relief right there. But the one thing that's so tough to do is to bring hitters and pitchers along at the same time. We, we've seen it with teams. They got a bunch of young pitching, but they don't have the hitters. Then they'd have the hitters, but they don't have the pitching. It's so tough for organizations to bring both up at the same time, especially in a rebuild. Well, look at what Seattle has done. Uh, they've got outstanding young pitching, you know, with Gilbert and uh, Kirby, and now they brought up Brian Wu, the Alameda kid, uh, to go along with Castillo. I mean, they've, they've got some things that are happening there, but yet their offense is anemic, and they're just not scoring enough runs. So, And they have some, some players that certainly have, you know, kind of resumes that you would expect that they could have provided more than what they have so far. So that's a, a club, to your point, that you can't, they don't have the young position players that they're that are coming up and excelling. Julio Rodriguez has taken a step back this year after what he did last year. His OPS was over 800 last year, and it's under 750 this year. So he's definitely a a guy that that's dealing with the sophomore jinx in a situation where the expectations shot through the roof when they finally got to the postseason last year. So with the Athletics, it's encouraging watching the young players come together. It's encouraging watching the young group of arms that are here now. I think one thing we have seen the A's do an excellent job of identifying some some pitching from other organizations, and they've got something. We've seen uh, good stretches from Lucas Ersteg with with a power arm in, in the A's bullpen, and uh, you know things things of that nature. And you know Waldachuk developing, Sears has taken the most steps forward, and you know watching Medina, I'm I'm really intrigued on in what Luis can do in the second half. Remember, Chris, the beginning. We're sitting in spring training, and Mark Kotze is meeting with everybody for the first time. Your rotation was was uh, Paul Blackburn, and it was going to be Drew Rosinski, and it was going to be Shintaro Fujinami, and it was going to be James Caprillion, and then it was going to be, take your pick, J.P. Sears, Ken Waldachuk, Kyle Muller, uh, a collection of other arms that, that were going to have an opportunity to do that. And as we sit here now, uh, you know, Shintaro's and Fuji's in the bullpen, you know, Paulie B spent a lot of time on the IL. Drew Rosinski is now out for the year. They just announced back surgery for him, which is unfortunate for him. That's a challenge. So uh, James Caprillion is on the IL, trying to work his way back. He threw off the mound today. But you have this expectation. You have this You have this trust. This team lost six, won 60 games last year, and you said, well, if all the levers kind of click together, right, and those were the kind of things that were in that category, then you feel like you're going to – make progress moving forward well those things did not happen and you can whether you're the A's or you're the Padres whether you know you have a, a very large payroll or one that's nowhere close to that you still have to have health and the A's have not had enough of that uh, on the pitching side especially in the rotation where the expectations were 
you know, Paul Blackburn was an all-star last year. Rosinski averaged 180 innings in the KBO. You felt like this guy was going to at least give you innings. James Caprillion was making strides as a, a, a guy that you had high expectations for, as he has for himself. And uh, Fuji was the great unknown. You, you know, we had the live arm, and you were excited about what he could bring. Well, as, as we have seen here on uh, July 18th, that the, the path has not been linear. It's been a lot of bumps along the way. <laughs> look, look behind you. Oh, yeah, there he is. Great Tony Kemp. He's been high. So are you saying that it's a fluid situation right now with the Oakland Athletics? <laughs> what would you say, Chris? How would you call it? <laughs> it's a very fluid situation, yeah. as they like to say in the business yeah. world. Yeah, it's, it's been this way for a long time, Chris. You're, 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 you're really concerned about today. I mean, look, last night was just – was just a total beatdown. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. You, you, you strike, case of the Mondays. We're yeah, calling it a case of yeah, the Mondays. You get one hit and you strike out 18 times, and there's there's nowhere to go. So what's today hold? Can you get good pitching? And Paul Blackburn gave you good pitching with the exception of, you know, a handful of batters in one inning that mushroomed into a, a large inning for the Red Sox. They're, they're hitting 280 with runners in scoring position. They were 5 for 14 last night. They were 6 for 13 in the game before they got here. They – they know how to get that part of their game done right now. They're, they're, they have never been hotter than they are right now, and the A's are right in the middle of that buzzsaw. So how do you find a way to slow that down? I don't know if you can. And what you do today is you say you got a guy out there that throws 97 with Luis Medina. He has plus curveball. He has a plus slider. has a decent changeup. Can he bring it all together in one game and show you the things that, that get you excited? The one thing that's been interesting about Medina, Chris, is that you look at his walk numbers in the minor leagues with the Yankees and with the A's coming into this year, he was averaging over six walks per nine, okay, in the minor leagues. In the big leagues, it's about four and a half, four point seven, 4.7, I think, with the A's in the time that he spent with the athletics. At the toughest league, at the highest level, he actually has thrown more strikes to this point at this level than he has at any other time in his career. So if you're looking for something to, to be positive about, looking for something where it shows you an area of growth, that is something I think you can say in regard to Luis Medina. Well, let's end on this. I got a text from my wife about five <laughs> minutes before the show started. And as you see there, linksoul.com, a box, the summer edition, uh, our Link Soul shipment has arrived at the Townsend household. I don't know what's in the box. But the box is at my house as of today, my friend. You are the most popular man in the East Bay today, Chris. Did you get my get my text on the 27th for golf? Uh, I'll be in Colorado playing golf on the 27th. Oh, that's are a you Thursday. guys off to Colorado then? And we fly we fly out after the night game in San Francisco. We have the off day in Colorado, and I'll be at a at a golf course in the afternoon in in Denver. I hear you hit it a mile up there. Everybody in Colorado. does. I that big ball. draw you're I, slinging. I hit golf balls today. I sent the video to my golf coach, otherwise known as my son. Yeah. Goes, Dad, you're just too vertical. You're not rotating at all. You're just, I'm just like way up here. I'm not around yeah. here. Well, look at I mean, can, this body can't get around, first of all. Look at that. So Kind of like the A's <laughs> pitching, your golf swing, it's fluid. It's, it's work in progress. <laughs> all right, buddy. Have a good call tonight. All right, Chris. Thank you. Vince Catronio coming up next. The number one prospect now, he is your first baseman catcher, D.H. Tyler Soderstrom is going to join us. BP is just inning. It's all coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. This is Chris Townsend, and it is summertime. You want to look your best, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Commander Cody, we've got our new shipment from Link Soul, all the summer gear. So whether you're playing golf or you're going out for dinner, you're hanging out with your buddies, or you're going to the beach, go see our friends at LinkSoul.com. And right now they have an offer where you can get 20% off. Go to LinkSoul.com. Remember in the big leagues, look good, play good. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I was just discussing with a friend about the A's travel. And he was asking me a question, and I'm like, People need to realize that the A's travel under the great Mickey Morabito is some of the best in all of Major League Baseball when you talk about where the A's stay, how they travel, the plane that they use is one of the best in all of Major League Baseball. I'll just say this. We have a former manager that used to be here that went to another team and saw how they traveled, and he told their travel secretary and their people, you need to step your games up. Because not everything is uh, at par with what my old team was doing. So just let me let you, tell, let, let you know, A's travel is some of the best. And Bob Melvin told the Padres, you got to step your game up. So, shout out to the great Mickey Morbido and Tyler Soderstrom. He now knows what I'm talking about as the A's have unbelievable travel. He'll be traveling the country with the Oakland Athletics. Last time we saw you was down at spring training. It's been a while. How are you? I'm great, man. Uh, super excited to be up here, and uh, it's been uh, it's been awesome so far. So, uh, yeah, it's going good. Now, you think when we were down at Ho-Ho Cam and you joined us on the show, we were talking about what that day was going to be like. And you had your thoughts then, 
You've now lived it with the family, and we've seen your family. So we just had your dad on the show, uh, seeing your family on, uh, on television. And did did it live up to everything you thought it would be? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Obviously, as a kid, lifelong dream is to get to the big leagues. Um, so it's pretty surreal. Still, still kind of settling in. Uh, still kind of in that, I guess, honeymoon phase. I guess it's still kind of wearing off. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's been everything. I could have ever dreamed of. Uh, so I'm having fun and uh, just it's going well. Now, your dad said you were acting like a cool customer. What was it now that it's over? What was it like when all of a sudden it's like, I'm here. Here's yeah, my man. first at bat, first game. Yeah. It's, what was the heart rate like? What, how did, what, what was it? What was going through your mind? Uh, everything was pretty fast. Uh, everything was just. Swing felt fast. Everything just kind of felt quick. Uh, but, you know, I've kind of seen in my at-bats, you know, it's just got to learn to slow it down. Uh, so just kind of trying to slow it down. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been going good. But, yeah, I mean, like my dad said, it was, it was a pretty cool moment. So I got to share it with my family, and uh, it was good. How nice was it to play the different positions? Because, yes, DH is a position. you got to figure out how to keep yourself occupied in between at-bats. you got to play first. You've got to play catcher. How nice was it early now to kind of do it all right out of the gate to prepare you here for the second half? Yeah, it's nice to get it all, uh, do it all. Uh, DH is hard, like you said. You know, just, you have one job and it's to hit, so you don't really know what to do in the dugout, uh, whether that's you kind of got to learn how to stay warm and, get ready for your next at bat. I like to be able to go out in defense and kind of focus on two things. So, uh, but yeah, man, it's been good. I uh, got to catch. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, first was really cool too. So, uh, yeah, it's been good and, uh, just ready to keep going. Yeah, it's a great, you know, it's a great point And it's something that I've talked about for years. I hate when people just say, I'll just DH him. You're like, no, 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 that's, yeah. that's not how that works. The DHing is an art form because, if a game is, let's say, well, they used to be over three hours, you're participating in only like two minutes yeah. of three yeah. hours. So what do you do? Do you go hit? Some guys ride a bike. Some guys watch video. I know guys who have taken showers yeah. in between yeah. at-bats and chains. So it's like you got to do something. And I know you've done a little bit in the minor leagues, but and as you mentioned, in Oakland it can be cold. How do you yeah. stay warm yeah. the whole time? Have you thought about kind of like a strategy or a routine of what you're going to do in between these at-bats? Uh, not really. I still need to work on it a little bit. It's definitely, like you said, man, it's not easy um, to just kind of – we're only – I'm only in there for, like you said, about two or three minutes of the game. So I got to kind of get a routine. Uh, I've just been kind of hanging out in the dugout the times I've been doing it. But I uh, probably should get up there and maybe – ride the bike or go take some swings in the cage for sure. But uh, it's, it's something I'll get better at for sure. And uh, just kind of, as you know, get more games under my belt and uh, keep going with it. It'll get easier. How cool is it to come up with Zach? Like you're coming up with your buddy. The two of you got to experience it together. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, we were at home, both home for the all-star break, so we didn't really uh, know that we got the call on the same day. Uh, when I got the call, I kind of – had suspicion that Zach did because he's been playing so well. Uh, so I just sent him a little Snapchat just of my face just to kind of get a read on him. Uh, and then he uh, sent me one back and was all excited. So I gave him a gave him a little FaceTime call. We kind of shared a little moment. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's, it's awesome to get to uh, spend this opportunity with Zach up here and kind of get our feet wet together. And uh, hopefully uh, we kind of have a lot more games to do it with each other for sure. 
how much does it mean to you? And then how about the guys that are still down there that they saw that you guys earned it? This isn't about where you were drafted. This isn't I mean you guys played your asses off and you earned this moment. How much does that mean to you? And how much do you think that means to the guys that are still down there that they can look at and say, hey, if Tyler and Zach can do it, we can do it too? Yeah, it means a lot. Uh, you know, I've been, we work really hard day in and day out. Um, that's, we were down AAA and we, everyone knows what's going on up here. There's a lot of opportunity right now. Uh, so, uh, we were down there working hard, trying to get up here as fast as we could, and uh, we got the opportunity. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of other talented players down there that could uh, begin the opportunity soon. So yeah, I think it's definitely motivating for them, and uh, it's going to be fun uh, next couple of years. Was it easier from you, from a catching standpoint, to catch people that you've already caught in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely nice to have that familiarity um, with the pitchers. I got to pit, catch most of these guys in spring training, too. So there's a little yeah. bit of – we kind of have a little bit of familiarity there, too. So uh, it's always nice to be able to have caught some before and uh, kind of have that relationship. Have they given you any indication what you probably will do most defensively when you play? I think I'm going to be doing it a little bit of everything. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to catch um, – I'm going to play first, and then it'll be the DH, too. So uh, just trying to get my way in the lineup any way I can and do anything I can to help this team win. So when you come up now that you've gotten your feet wet a little bit, have you kind of set goals for yourself, what you want to accomplish, what what you expect of yourself here in the next few weeks, if not the next few months? Uh, not really. I haven't really set too many goals yet. Uh, still just trying to get the hang of it and uh, kind of just kind of settle in. Uh, I kind of want to just settle in first and kind of get going, get on a little groove. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for now. Um, but uh, no goals have been set yet, but uh, just trying to go out there every day and just being consist- be as consistent as I can be. Now we talked about the check swing as the first hit, and it's like, man, nobody cares. You just want to get your first hit. It looks like a line drive in the book. Yep. Tell us about yep. the first hit. Yeah, man, it's uh, I didn't really realize how much pressure like was on like on you coming up, you know, like trying to get your first big league knock. Uh, but that's definitely not how I drew it up in my head as a kid. Uh, but, uh, you know, they all count. And uh, it was a pretty cool moment. Then I got to back it up with a pretty solid hit after that. So that was a good feeling yeah. for sure. Now, everybody has a big league moment and there's a lot of different ways you can have it where you just go, wow, I'm here. I'm in the big leagues. What was that one thing, whether it was in the clubhouse, on the field, meeting somebody, seeing somebody, facing somebody, what was that? What was the big league moment where you just went, I've made it, I'm here? Yeah, it's got to be uh, running out to go catch for the first time in Carlos Correa, stepping in the box. Um, I mean, that was pretty surreal to me just to kind of see him face-to-face. You know, you watch him on TV, win a World Series and stuff like that, and then you see him face-to-face in the box and – Wishes you a healthy season and career, and it was just a pretty surreal moment for me there, right there. Oh, so he said that to you? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Because it is, it's like, you know, you've been watching all these guys for years, and now all of a sudden, they're not on TV anymore. And for a lot of you guys, they're not on the video game anymore. They're real people, and you're now competing against them on a nightly basis. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy just to see him face-to-face. And like you said, I mean, playing video games, and he's been the face of – the Astros, too, for a while, so it was pretty cool to see him in person. Well, I, I can tell you that everybody is so 
they're so hyped to have you here. We, you know, we've been, you know, we talked to you down there at spring training. We've been watching all the numbers in Vegas and watching the highlights. And we know you're going to be a big part of this organization for a long time. You're going to be a big part of this show for a long time. So congratulations for you, your family. Uh, and it's great having your dad on too. And just going through this whole experience with your family, just, uh, enjoy the ride, my friend. And we'll talk to you a lot right here on A's cast live. We'll do, man. Sounds good. Nice talking with you. Tyler Soderstrom, the number one prospect for the Oakland athletics. Now he's up there with the big club, not in the lineup today as I really haven't even looked at Geloff will be playing at second base, but, uh, Tyler is not in the lineup today. You know, you don't, you don't think about it when they come up, but it, it's, it, it's a reality like in any sport, like you're a fan of the sport you play, like all of a sudden your entire life, you've been watching Michael Jordan back in the day and you're now in the NBA and you're in Chicago and they're doing that famous warm up at guard from North Carolina. And you're like, Holy, I'm playing against Michael Jordan. I mean, think about that. I mean, that's real, right? You're teeing that up in a golf tournament, and it's like, I'm playing against Tiger Woods. You know, back in the day, I remember listening to Will Clark talk about his first at-bat where he had a home run off Nolan Ryan, but you're facing Nolan Ryan, right? You're facing Roger Clemens. You're facing Randy Johnson, or you're a pitcher, and next thing you know, it's Barry Bonds. Now you're facing you're facing these all-time – I mean, can you imagine? You're facing an all-time great. It's Ken Griffey Jr. It's Mike Kraut. I mean, now these – how about you're one of these young kids, you're coming up and you're facing Shohei Otani. As a pitcher or you're a hitter, you could be – you know, you're playing against them. So, I can't even imagine. In the video game era – now, I got to be honest with you. When I was playing video games as a kid, they didn't have the likeness of the players yet. Oh, fair. Yeah. That makes right. sense. They started to – like when I was in college, PlayStation came out. Like they started to have that, but you remember, you go back and watch it. The, the old PlayStation's now games look so bad compared to what they are now. Well, as an avid gamer and a PS5 owner, yes, uh, and a person at PS PlayStation One and all the way through, yes, the evolution yes. of video game right. graphics have been, <laughs> have been incredible. Uh, and then once my kids were born, I had all the Disney games. I was money at the Disney games. We didn't the sports game like the la I had like the like Tiger Woods two or three. It, it is it is Link Soul. Thanks, Jess. She promoting the sponsor or what? Y yes. I don't even have that shirt. Uh, we got them in the spring one. I don't know. I busted it out today. I don't think I got that shirt. Hey, the new box came today. I heard you telling Vince. I'm very excited when I get home to bust it open to see <laughs> New Link Soul. Oh, by the I'm, way, uh, very excited. you weren't here yesterday, but uh, the great Ray Jensen brought us uh, Hawaiian shirts from the Jersey Shore. Uh, so I have yours in my in my it's in a bag in my apartment sitting on the uh, the old futon in my office. Okay, wait a minute. Hawaiian shirts from the Jersey Shore. Yes. Now no, see now the great now now the great Vito the Bartolo's taking videos. I don't know what's going on here, and everyone's taking videos of me. Did 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 Vito get my Titanic reference today? I don't know. He's been busy. Oh yeah, he's too busy. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. Let's go back to this Jersey Shore. Yes. Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, I thought that Do you was... know how far the Jersey Shore is? The Jersey Shore from the Hawaiian Islands is probably like a 13 to 15 hour flight. Yeah, uh, I know it was a very nice gesture from Ray. He got uh, he got Jess a 
shirt from uh, Snooky from uh, from Jer- the Jersey Shore TV show. He brought great television show. I, that I, was great American television right there. I believe he brought Delaire a, uh, a a mug, if I want to say so. So he brought everyone gifts. I mean, you know, meanwhile, Mike I went, the situation. Tell me, I got Mike the situation. Wasn't that his name? Uh, yes. Uh, apparently, DJ Pauly D was in uh, Reno when our boss Delaire Lawars was up there. He was telling us that yesterday. So. A lot of uh, Jersey Shore references, but a nice gesture by Ray. I went to Seattle. I brought you guys nothing. So that's just how I operate. Well, he's a class act. I brought you your Ray. Way. Where's your Ray's a Jolly Roger shirt? I haven't seen you wear it yet. Well, I will. <laughs> that, that might be an off-season thing. I don't think in-season I'll be wearing the uh, Ray's the Jolly Roger. Well, I'd rather see the Ray's Pirates, Ramon shirt. My Pirates keep calling it prospects and can't win. So well, my well. buck. Yeah, we're not a, raising the Jolly Roger. Just, by the way, the great Delaire Lawars, uh Supposedly was ripping up the biggest little city in the world. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I just heard he was there he, for. He was, he was such a big winner. They kicked him out of town. <laughs> I no, no more five ninety nine prime rib for you. Get out of here. You know what I miss? You know what I miss a lot from hearing about Reno's when Fossey used to tell us the stories about playing in Reno when he's in the minor leagues. So Ray Fossey <laughs> told us a story. When he was playing in Reno. And he'd go to the casinos that it actually were silver dollars. They were actual silver dollars. I mean, Ray's got these stories. What was he? He was eating like prime rib for 99 cents. Yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't gamble because he wasn't old enough. Uh, he was like 19 years old in Reno. I mean, he's a kid from the middle of nowhere in Illinois. And Ray Fossey's in Reno. Uh, but. Uh, by the way, speaking of Ray Fossey, for anyone who plays the Immaculate Grid, which I know it's gotten popular now, more popular baseball reference took over, Ray Fossey is a guy today. He's had to figure out which teams he played for. I used And them. who had that for you? You did, and I used them before you did. So that's why I was asking who it was, but we both had the same guy. But we're not going to tell you who. You have to figure out yourself, but Ray Fossey is an Ray option. Ray Fossey in an Indian's hat. <laughs> that's true, yeah. But it's not an Indian, and it's not an A. Yeah. Ray Fossey is in the immaculate. You can use him and get great points, right? Yes. Uh, the lower your percentage, the better. So Ray was there. And uh, two other guys I use are friends of the program. By the way, we had to be the only ones who had that. There's no way other people no. thought about that. No. I, the interns didn't even know. They went with UNESCO Betancourt. I mean, great great pool, but that's not Ray Fossey. Uh, well, this is going to be my problem with this grid. Because it, it, Wordle, you're only using one word a day. One five-letter word a day, right? And I know there's a six-letter, six what? but Wordle, it's one. The Immaculate Grid, you're going to, if you're doing it every day and there's that many options, you're going to burn through. And you're going to get to a point to where people are going to have to start re- researching the answers because you're going to get through all the people that you know. So I'm wondering... If they really plan to grow this, how they're going to change it? Because if they keep doing it the way they're doing it and people play every day, it's going to kind of get burned out within a year. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they keep doing it. But they're pushing it out. Now they have NFL, NBA, and NHL because of, you know, you know, pro football reference. Pro like ba- NFL, like seriously. I the mean, NFL really one's challenging. Happen. I will say that. Like, it'll be like a name a former Seahawk, the word number 20. I don't pay attention to what Seahawks were number 26. Can you name me one guy who played for the Seahawks in the secondary 
uh, who is a cornerback, because I could say Kenny Easley was a safety. Name me a corner that played for the Seahawks and the Buccaneers in the 80s. Like, what? Oh, well, no what, Luckily, I don't say the years, but yes. So I thought you were going to say, name me a Seahawk who well, played in the secondary. Saying, Wayne, once you go through yeah. your kind of era of baseball, like we use my grandfather for a Brave and a Pirate. That was a good well, one. People, <laughs> But people in the 40s, obviously my grandfather was really popular in the 40s, right? He was on the Wheaties box. He was the MVP. Well, now it's 2023. No one knows who the hell my grandfather is. So it's like the game will keep growing. But the moment you've kind of gone through all your answers in your database and you, you know, it'll start to – they've got to figure out how to keep it fresh. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, you, you can start doing different things with the, the side categories where it's like, a, like they have been with uh, – Rookie of the year who stole 40 bases or like uh, – But, yeah, there's only so many rookies of yeah. the year. There's so, only four, 40 home run seasons. There's only – you know. So, so you, I'm saying after a while, like where does it where does it grow? Where does it go to? Yeah, you. I mean, you can start going 30 base steal. I mean, there's so many different ways they could do it. I, I'm curious to see how they do it because this has been going on for, what, a few months now that they've had this. And, you know, I like doing yeah, it. It's early. It's early. But I'm like saying like a year from now – because I can tell you right now at NBC, everybody's doing it, and they're coming up to me, hey, what's that? And I, I try and come up with just obscure guys because I know that's the that's, that's the, how you get yeah. the best point. I think my rarity score was 16 today. One's the lowest. I don't know if you can get zero, but one's the lowest that I that I think I've seen. So the lowest I've ever gotten was three on there. Uh, there were two so former we friends Julian on there. McWilliam, we got Julian McWilliams at 515. Yeah, so 15 more minutes. Okay. Um, something that... I, I want to see today that you brought – you'll have it in front of you right now. I remember – so, you know, when I get – when I look at the game notes, by the way, that we get for every single game, I remember when Luis Medina was first called up. And it talked about his curveball being his best pitch. And it had, it had a scout scouting report and an actual quote from a scout. And it's a pitch we just haven't seen all that much from him. But we have the numbers on his curveball. Give him the numbers, Cody. So hitter so far this year against his curveball in 59 and two-thirds innings. That's in, that's eight starts. Uh, he, they're five for 27 with a 185 batting average, and they've struck out 15 times. I need to see it more because at one point hitters were hitting over 300 against a slider. I think it's like 274 now. Yeah, 273. Uh, we need to see this big breaking curveball more. It ha- I mean, it's right now where he is at 2 and 7 with a 6.34 ERA. He's got to mix it up. And when you have a big hard curveball to go with that big fastball, the way you change the eye level of the hitter, and when you've got that big spinner 12-6 breaker, it is hard to hit. Because the, the fastball fastball slider predominantly is not working for you. Yeah, I was just and looking. The show it, and the numbers show it with the curveball. Let's see it. And I know Johnny Gomes uh, talked about it yesterday, and I know I've talked about it. If you've been blessed with that big 12-6 curveball, bust that thing out. Pavetta had it going last night. Yeah, 13 strikeouts. When you're a tall guy, I mean, you got to think about it. Think about where the mound is, and now you're 6'4 on top of that mound. 
right? You're not on flat ground. You're on the mound, and now you're I, – I, I don't even know what Medina is. He's 6'3". Oh, well, I have, I have, hold on, I have his baseball stuff on Pedro, but I can tell you what he is. I mean, Pavetta's a big dude, but how big is – I mean, Medina and Medina's Medina six. According player. to Baseball Savant, he's 6'1". He's 6'1", that's it? Yeah, that's what Baseball Savant says. Oh, all right, you're 6'1 on top of that mound, and you're busting that big old curveball, and that thing's spinning. And when it comes down, it's hard to hit. A big old curveball's hard to hit. Have you ever heard of Sandy Koufax, Nolan Ryan, Barry Zito? A couple of those you guys. Ever heard of, you, 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 I mean, you used to start looking through the history of the game. Guys who had big old, nat, I mean, Burt Blylevin, Dwight Gooden. When you can spin it like that, that's a weapon. Use that thing. He only throws it, if you round up, he only throws it 14% of the time. He throws fastball 50%, slider 22 and then the curveball 14%. He needs. I'm with you. He needs to use it more. Uh, once again, that ERA is 6.34. How are those percentages working for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe you need to change things up a little bit. Right? Maybe, I mean, because that's what excited me about his scouting report when he first came up was that his best pitch was a curveball. And all we've seen is fastball slider. It's almost like I want you to pull that audio from Eno Saris. You know, go look if you if you subscribe to the Athletic. They've done a nice piece on yes, the slider is a devastating pitch, and we now have different variations of the slider. We now have the sweeper that doesn't have the vertical break, but it has the horizontal break. I for years have talked about the big slurve in between a curve and a slider, but anything that's breaking away from righties. And the slider that doesn't have that much break, but it's got that tilt, it's a devastating pitch. Well, the data people knew that. So the data people said, oh, you need to keep throwing it. Throw it more, throw it more, throw it more. So the data people kept encouraging fastball slider, 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 fastball. They've encouraged you to throw more Spencer Strider-like fastball slider, but throw a ton of sliders because it's so devastating because that's what the data said. But what ends up happening is humans make adjustments, and these hitters make adjustments. So they started realizing, man, all this guy, all these guys do is throw sliders. So it doesn't matter which guy's out on the mound. It's just slider, 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 slider. They've made adjustments. They're seeing it more now than ever. So what happens when hitters see the same stuff over and over and over again? Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, I zoned out there for a second. You were going, you were giving a beautiful thing. Say that again one more time. When the hitters see the same thing from the from, doesn't matter what pitcher it is, you're a right-handed guy coming in. And you're right-handed. You're a right-handed hitter against a right-handed pitcher. You're going to see slider after slider, night after night. Well, what happens with the hitters? You know, you're you're expecting slider every time. You start getting used to it. Yeah. You start seeing it, and it doesn't become as devastating. And the data that told you as a pitcher to just keep throwing it is now starting to flip. Going ah, these guys are now they're either letting it go. Or they're hammering it because not every slider is perfect. And the pitch that goes the furthest out of the ballpark is a hanging slider. A, a ball that just spins. That, that ball goes the furthest consistently. So that's why it's like 
Bro, you got a big old Uncle Charlie. Start using it. That's what I – I don't know if we'll see it tonight. That's what I want to see from Medina. Before we get to Julian McWilliams, I'll let you weigh in on it because I'm trying to stress about this Otani thing, which is becoming the number one thing in the game, that the amount of money Shohei Otani is worth to the Angels is money you can't even fathom. It's the international money that they are making and that they potentially can make here with a run-up of, he is on, he's on pace with Judge right now. He could potentially break Judge's all-time American League home run record. Once again, let's go back to the WBC. Over 80% of all televisions in Japan were watching the last two games of the w, of the Japan's WBC tournament. There's millions upon millions of dollars for the Angels to make by keeping Shohei Otani. It's just fact. Versus trading him, baseball people make it seem like it's just, oh, hey, me, hey. They need to replenish their minor league system. Everybody acts like you're going to trade for these prospects and every one of them is going to turn out into an everyday player for you. And the reality is it doesn't. You can trade for six of their top prospects of whoever Two maybe work out, maybe three. Yeah, I, I was going to say the one I, the, when you asked me that this morning, I thought I went and thought back to some of the biggest names we saw traded in the last couple of years. I remember when Machado was traded to the Dodgers. Can you name any of the guys that they traded uh, prospects? They traded nope. the only guy left is Dean Kramer. That's doing anything. Who's left from the movie? Hey, who's met, uh, the Wong kid who had a base hit yesterday? For you, uh, you want to go? Who the the Red Sox got for Mookie Betts? Would you rather have Mookie Betts or these yeah. guys? The only guy in that deal that's doing anything is Verdugo because uh, Jeter Downs is no longer with the organization. Then you look at the Soto deal. Well, C.J. Abrams is not doing too much right now for them. And all the other guys are still in the minors, like James Woods or uh, – No, you yeah. got the pitcher, the lefty. Oh, Mackenzie Gore, yeah, but he's he wasn't having a great year either. Yeah. I mean, he's up, he's at least on the big league club. So, yeah. Yeah, look at that haul for Soto versus – I'm telling you right now, if if Shohei Otani is at 50 I, – I don't know when the watch would start, but once he gets into the 50s – all of Japan is going to be watching every single night. You have millions, millions of dollars that you might. That's what I'm saying. These baseball people who go, oh, you got to restock your system versus making all that money. Do you know what I can do with all that money? You can, you can, buy, you can buy all those guys. I can go buy somebody's prospects later on. Exactly. And. The, I don't. I'm, I'm sure you saw the notes about what Otani's doing right now too. The homer in three straight games. He's he has 23 homers in his last 40. The only guys that have more home runs over the last 25 years in a 40 game span were Stanton when he hit what 59 with the Marlins the year he won the MVP. Uh, Barry Bonds the year he broke the home run record had 25, and then McGuire had 24 in 1999 the year he hit 65 home runs. So Otani right now, if you go by the games played and everything, he's on pace to hit 60. So he'd finish two behind Judge. I think he could. I, I'm fascinated. If he stays healthy, knock on wood, and everything, and he plays, you know, 150 to 160 games. He's, I think he's played 93 so far out of a possible 95. I would love to see him break Judge's record that he just set last year, mainly because I want to see uh, Yankee fans be so upset that they their guy lost his record already, but because of what it does for baseball with having Otani, how much money he makes, and how much money the organization he plays for can make when he – because we know he's probably not going to be the Angels. So whoever he by goes the way, to next. By the way, 
You trade him. Okay, you get somebody's prospects. Hopefully they hit. But now that team is going to capitalize on this. Yeah. You're giving away that. You're giving that. So you, you could be given the amount of money that is to be made. I don't think I don't think baseball people get it. I don't think they truly understand how much money in these next couple months the Angels can capitalize on versus getting somebody's prospects. He's still going to be a rental. I don't know what the prospect hall is. I have an idea of what the money is. And whenever I hear baseball people act like it's a no-brainer, they should trade him, I just go, you clearly don't own a business and understand, like, the amount of, I mean, the, the dollar figure could be well over $100 million. Oh, for sure. E, and, I mean, if you go back to what we, I mean, the World Baseball Classic taught us the power of the Japanese team in the Japanese market, and he's the star. It's, uh, by the way, 95 games going in. Judge last year to this year. Judge last year at this time, 285. Otani this year, 307. Judge actually must have had a big day compared to, because yesterday Otani was leading. Judge had 36 home runs to uh, Otani's 35. But other than that, Otani basically has him in every single, other than home runs and RBIs, Otani's got him in batting average, on-base slugging, and total bases. And this is going to flip every single night, right, depending on how Otani does. Yeah, and it's amazing they're still throwing to him with how many guys are not in that Angels lineup. No Rendon, no Trout. I mean, Neto's not there. I mean, there's not a lot of guys in that lineup to give him, you know, depth and guys hitting behind him. So he's still getting pitches to see, which is great. That's going to be fascinating if they don't trade him. does he? How many pitches does he see going forward? Because are they going to start walking him to get to the guys behind him in the lineup, especially if Trout's not back? So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But I, I, I love this, this idea of him and Judge and – the side-by-side and where they're going because I think that he could definitely get to 60 and beyond, and it'd be great for the game to have the back-to-back years where we have home-run races and a, and a record falls. And the guys are clean. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like everybody wanted to not deal with the bonds. No one wanted to deal with the elephant in the room. No one wanted to deal with the stomper in the room. No one wanted to deal with it. And well Judge done. was classy, and Judge went, you know, buries the all-time. But, you know, there's a rivalry between home runs in the United States and Japan. Sada Araho. Yep. Oh, uh, all those years over Babe Ruth. Like, there, there will be this call of Barry's dirty. Look at Shohei Otani. The international community is not going to protect Barry Bonds. No. The international community is not going to care about Barry Bonds. The international community is going to look at Shohei Otani takes over Judge. It's going to be a massive, massive story. Once again, do you want to give that to somebody else for prospects? I wouldn't, no. But you're right, people. Well, I don't Vince, think- Vince was just here and seemed like he was acting like it's a no-brainer. I'm like, I don't know, man. I Yeah, from a baseball, from purely if I'm a baseball looking at a bait, but this isn't. this. We are a business. Baseball is a business. The Angels are a business. Are you into making money? I, I, it's a tough call. I, I'd keep him. I think there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. I. I and, and when people say I'm only going to get a pick, yeah, I'm going to get a pick, but I'm going to make a ton of money. 
Yeah, you can get I but and we don't even know the prospects. It'd be one thing if he had if one thing if he was like Soto. But we'll see. Julian McWilliams is joining us from the Boston Globe. Used to cover the athletics for the athletic. How are you, my friend? It's good to see you. What's going on, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, life is good. How 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 is everything with the Boston Red Sox and being back on the West Coast? Well, it's it's good right now. Uh, they went into the All Star break. Uh, I guess went in their three series against the A's. Obviously, it was a sweep at Fenway. Uh, the Toronto they they swept, and then uh, you know they had another series win. I forget the team that they played, but. You know, it's been they've they've been playing really well as of late, and they've been doing it without starting pitching, which seems to be really impressive. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, are you going to start tonight? Do you need me to come out? It seems like I mean they got to be any of us can open up for these guys right now. I I know, right? It's it's, it's pretty it's pretty tough to watch. I think you guys had a stat yesterday, or uh, that said that this was the youngest A's team assembled, or something like that, since uh, in terms of service time since 1954. Yeah, a non-September team, you non-September know, with the call-up. Team, so right. a non-September team, least amount of games in a career since That's, 1954. And by the way, it's a blessing because you want to see young guys. You do not want to see no rebuild with a bunch of 30-year-olds. No, 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 no. That's a terrible club. I'll feel bad for whoever had to club, cover that clubhouse because, you know, obviously with the with the young guys, you at least get the the uh, I wouldn't say happy to be here, but just the the, the attitude of they want to stay here. You know, I think everybody gets here. And the next thing they ask, I remember I was talking to Jackie Bradley Jr. It's like, it's a process you go through. You get here where it's like, okay, you get to the big leagues. You say, how can I stay in the big leagues? You stay in the big leagues. It's like, how do I get to, you know, uh, to free agency? You get to free agency. It's like, how do I get to 10 years? So it's always the stepping stones. And obviously you want to be a part of a rebuild with, with young players. And, and hopefully they can learn, on, you know, on the fly. But it's difficult to learn at the big league level and, and, and develop at the big league level. You know, this season is teaching us, especially in the American League East, how we overreact to things early yeah. because the Rays got out to such a hot start and everybody's like, oh, my God. Well, all of a sudden you look up, the Rays are struggling, mm-hmm. Orioles are hot, Red Sox are hot. Now the division, this isn't in doubt anymore. Right. This isn't yeah. about, hey, we're just playing for wild card. Does everybody now, I mean, even the Yankees in last place, is everybody yeah. now going, wait a minute, we got a long way to go here to win this crown? Yeah, and I think I think people like the Yankees are saying, like, oh, it's a little bit late for us to be struggling like this. Like, usually you want that those type of struggles to happen. They've been struggling all season, but I think this this now has become a little bit more pronounced because they, they fired their hitting coach, right, and, and they hired Sean Casey. Then you're looking up and you're seeing – you know them. Uh, you know they lose a series to the Rockies, lose last night to the Angels. So obviously things get magnified a little bit. But you know, but if you're on the other side and you're the Red Sox, it's saying okay, maybe we do have a little bit more time to make a little bit of a run. Because to be honest, I don't think if anybody was actually thinking about division with this team, uh, you know, heading into the season, but especially with the run that the Braves got off to. So uh, I think and since the Braves, you know, I think they were 29 and 28. In their last whatever, so had so uh, whatever games going into the All Star break, and they lost last night. So, I mean, it's 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 a uh, it, it's it's definitely a process that I think teams have to go through. And and for us as media people to understand, it's like okay, how do we balance out being fair uh, and truthful, but also not overreacting to you know losses. 
Well, the Red Sox were one of these teams that we were wondering going, you know, buyer, seller. I think with the way the Red Sox are playing now, they've played themselves into buyers once again. And Justin Turner, Yoshida. Yoshida's on my fantasy team. My God, he's he's carrying me right now. Uh, Just talk about how some of these guys – remember Turner got hit in the face, was hurt before the start of the season, Mm -hmm. but the red beard is on fire. Just talk about the way this offense is just – it's mauling people. I think it starts with him, to be honest. And I think, uh, you know, the way he talks about hitting, sort of – I was talking to actually Martin yesterday, and uh, it sort of reminds me of, of Jed Lowry. Uh, in a sense, when he was here with the A's, uh, it's just, uh, you know, he sees it on a different level. And, and I think he's gotten these guys to buy into just, just putting the ball in play. Uh, you know, the Red Sox have had, you know, a lot of, you know, multi-run inning games. And I think a lot of it uh, starts with he said, distri- describes the lineup as like, you know, everybody's connected and we're all one lineup. And it's not just one individual. It's a lineup. So if there's a run on second, hey, with less than two outs, try to move that guy over, and you see him do it all the time. And so uh, to be able to have that presence there and uh, Yoshida, obviously people question Yoshida coming into the season saying, you know, Heim Bloom is, uh, didn't, you know, necessarily get that one right or, you know, they overpaid for this guy. Well, it's turned out to be a really, really good deal. And I think a lot of the other 29 other teams would love to have a guy like Yoshida despite his, you know, some of his defensive uh, deficiencies. But, you know, I, and I, I give a, give, you got to give Heim Bloom a lot of credit in this sense. I think – you know, there's only one, uh, one person or, or one player uh, that that just hasn't worked out yet. You know, and I think the most majority of guys that he, that that he's gotten have worked out, from Chris Martin to uh, uh, Joely, not Joely Rodriguez, uh, Kenley Jansen, uh, to um, Chris, uh, you know, to to Adam Duvall being a really good player for them. You know, and and taking a bet on Jaron Duran. You know, that was a big thing going into to this year. Was like. Where's the spot for Jaron Duran? Is he going to be a guy? And next thing you know, they DFA Ramel Tapia, who was, you know, I felt didn't deserve to get DFA'd. And it's like, no, because we put our trust in Jaron Duran. You can make the argument Jaron Duran's their best player. And this was after coming off a year in which he didn't play well. And, and he was sort of, you know, embarrassed in a sense. And he's just a completely different player this year. Yeah, he's hitting 486 in his last 10 games. And that ball... That's been, that little, that, that, that's been all that, season. That's been all season, Townie. All season. That, that, balls that aren't doubles are doubles now. Like it's like they aren't supposed to be doubles. He has about he has about like fifteen I no joke, about fifteen doubles like the fifteen of his twenty eight doubles are exactly the first like that. Bat. At like first that. at bat it was like a little line drive, and next thing you know he's sliding into second. You're like, Whoa, this Un- dude, he's ripped and he's fast. He's jacked. He's jacked. That's one. Yeah, he was like the dude looks this guy like, 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 like a running back in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, he's he he's a big guy. If you ever see his dad, his dad is a, a solid solid guy too. Uh, in terms of the, in terms of the way he's he's built. So, I mean, just they 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 they're hitting on all the cords right now. I think obviously it's going to come down to starting pitching, and I don't think you can be able to last like this in this division, especially or 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 in any division. You know, just going with the bullpen day every other day, but or it seems like you know twice through the rotation. You know, we don't know when Sales coming back. We don't know when Tanner Houck's coming back. We don't know when you know Garrett Ritlock's coming back, but for them to be able to sustain this, it sort of has this, that sort of 2018 feel uh, with, 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 the, uh, with the A's when they were going through bullpen games and they were just kept winning. They just kept winning. And next thing you know, you look up and you have a 90-plus win team. So um, I don't know if that's good enough to get it done this year for, for a third wild card, but 
certainly I think the, the season, you know, at this at this point has been, you know, somewhat of a success for the Red Sox. Yeah, I think about a guy like Paul Blackburn could be somebody. I mean, yeah. someone who you don't have to give up a whole lot of – whole lot of top you you won't even have to give up a top prospect you got to give up something decent but a guy like paul blackburn you just need it's like boston just needs some starters give me somebody give me five or six somebody with the pulse right it's just like they that's that's what they need at this point they just need somebody with the pulse that can not get like maybe okay you can go out and you can give up four three or four or five runs whatever but you can expect your offense if that's a back end starter, right? I think you can ex- you can expect that, and so you can. Ex- but you can expect your line to get back into it. Um, obviously, with Paxton and Bayo, that's another one. Bayo has been a real, really, really, uh, you know, bright spot for them, and just the way he's pitched, he's been one of the better pitchers in the big leagues for the last two months plus, and I think he has a makeup of a you know a number two starter at least. Um, but I, but I think if you can get guys that can at least you know, okay, they might give up some damage, maybe four three, four, five runs maybe. But, you know, you, I think the offense on days will be prepared to say, hey, we got a winner with our offense today. But, you know, if you if, if you have that, I think you're in a better position to be able to make some type of playoff push. Should I be buying the rumors that there's this rift between Cora and Heim Bloom? Yeah. I think, I think, I think there's, there's uh, this uh, – sometimes there's this disconnect between front offices and, and, and managers, and I think that's – natural for any uh um you know relationship i'm sure you know when i was here that you know bob melvin didn't always agree with certain things that david forrest or uh billy bean um you know you know their vision in in some ways but ultimately it comes down to winning and and i think uh winning solves a lot of things and i think uh, um there there have been times where they may have you know sort of had rifts or or or, uh, you know disagreements on things but I think ultimately, in, in Cora's eyes, is as long as you get him the guys and the players for him to be able to put out there uh, to put together a successful team, uh, I think I think he he doesn't have have any issues with that. And I think to this point, you know, he's done a really excellent job managing. But again, I mean, his his uh, Heim has has is has did a really really good job in the off season in terms of filling some holes. And they have Trevor Story coming back, who's starting a rehab assignment on Friday. Uh, which is now. pretty big news for them. Uh, be able to get him back at shortstop. We'll see what the arm looks like. But I mean, I mean, to this point, you're, you're looking at a team that I think can can go on some sort of run here. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I mean, if you had to look in your crystal ball and you had to say, okay, I know we got a lot of time left, but these guys are going to win the AL East, which is one of the most competitive divisions we've ever seen. Who are you picking? I'm going to still go with the Rays, but I think well, I'm going Baltimore. I'm going Baltimore. I, th- I, th- really? I just think I think Baltimore just has the right blend of veteran uh, uh, leadership, Cedric Mullins and, and those guys, and, and, and Adley Rutschman. You see him come in. I think he's sort of Buster Posey-like where he just come, where he came in and it's just like immediate impact. And – uh, you know, Gunnar Henderson and those guys. I think the, the 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 one thing that might get them is that they're youth, but I don't know necessarily know if we'll see that in the season. Uh, I think you might see some of their youth come through in the playoffs. But I mean, just the way they've been playing. I mean, I've I've been on the Baltimore train for about a couple of years now, so I think they have a lot of lot of guys and and, and players, and and they've they have they have hit on a lot of these guys, and it's it's pretty special to watch. You know, a a, a, a an organization have a vision for something 
um, and, and it come through. Mike Elias has done a really, really go- good job with that with that franchise. Will Shohei Otani have any type of effect on the AL East run? Uh, I don't. I can't see them doing that. I, I just. I just. I mean, I. It's just like I was having this conversation like last night. Like, what's the blueprint, right? Like, like on both sides. It's like if you're say the Red Sox. It's like, am I giving up too much? Can this guy really? If he if he suddenly just just a DH or a pitcher. Geez, I gave up ten prospects. Is that too much? Like, or, and then on on the other side, it's like, am I getting enough for him? You know what I mean? Is 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 this? Am I really getting enough for a generational talent? I mean, a a, a you know a once in a lifetime, excuse me, talent that sort of we've never ever seen before. So there's really ever no blueprint for him. I think he should have his like own free agency, where it's just like Otani month, where people can just go through all the data and everything that they want, and just like just like cramming for an exam because. It's a fascinating thing, and I'm not sure if you can actually put together something on the whim like this during a season and trade this guy. I just, I just, I just, I don't, I don't know. I think that's just the risk that you have to take and just say, like, hey, we can offer you this and hopefully you stay, but it's going to be tough, man, when you have people shouting your name in Seattle saying, come to Seattle. You have Dodger players saying, come to, you know, Dodgerland. And, he, and he, I saw in that GQ article, he said that it's a, stuff, stuff is a little bit different on the East Coast when you go to, like, Boston or a Yankee Stadium. So, it's going to be interesting to watch, but I, I just it'll be tough. It'll be tough. I, I don't know. He, I can't see He's just a rental, so I know. are we talking I know. Tampa Bay Ray great Shohei Otani or Baltimore <laughs> Oriole great Shohei Otani? Just a rental for the tournament. Hey, if, if, if there's one team that should be okay with giving up some prospects, I think it should be Baltimore because every other day I see a Jeff Passan tweet saying, breaking, the Baltimore Orioles are calling up this player. Yeah. Their number uh, ranked, you know, fifth um, in, in, in MLB pi- recent MLB pipelines, recent projections for players who are going to be Hall of Famers. It's like, where are they finding these guys? Like, wh- like, so I think if there's any team that had the, the hall to be able to get him for a rental and still be okay, it's probably the Orioles. All right. Hey, man, I wish I could be there. Give you a hug. I know you guys yeah. only come to town. Uh, one time, it. miss you. Sorry, I got to be in SF to do a little TV, but I hope all is well. I hope the family is good, and I guarantee you we'll see you in Nashville at the winter meetings. But as the Red Sox roll on, we'll want to have you back here on A's Cast Live, and uh, hopefully we're doing some playoff work with you. My pleasure. Thanks Thanks so much for having me, Tony, always. All right, buddy, you be well. All right, you too. Coming up next are another buddy, the great Johnny Gomes, will join us right here on A's Cast Live. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
It's summertime, and I can guarantee you, you probably need to redo your wardrobe. You want to look good, and you want to feel comfortable. This is Chris Townsend, and you got to go check out my friends at Link Soul. They've got all the finest fabrics. You're going to love the shirts, the polos, the shorts, you name it. Redo your look for summertime. Go to LinkSoul.com right now, and you can get an offer for 20% off. Remember, in the big leagues, to play good, you got to look good. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All righty. Earlier today, we were able to catch up with our buddy Johnny Gomes in just a little bit. Uh, on the TV side, I'll be doing A's pre and post game live with him on NBC Sports California. Tomorrow, we will have the day off. Because it is a day game Thursday. We will be back at 4 o'clock. Another great edition of A's Cast Live. Do you have any idea, Cody, who will be who we will be chatting with? I'm glad you actually brought that up. I, I talked to our good friend uh, Steve Sparks, Sparksy of Sparks. the of the Astros, and I literally text him. I'll give you I'll give you family friendly version. I said, Hey Sparksy, we're gonna be in the uh, TV studio on Thursday. Any chance you can come on and do it over video? His response back was and, I, and I'm paraphrasing, F no, is what he said back. And I said, Sparksy, it's great to hear from you, too. And he said, absolutely anything for you guys. <laughs> former A, former knuckleballer. Talk to him about being traded. Well, a lot to get yeah. into with Sparksy Remember, on Thursday. Anything else? Uh, and I think, I'm gonna, I think we're going to do Eno that day because we're going to be in the Treehouse Friday, and I think it just might be easier to have him – uh, uh, him on Thursday because I don't think he'll be able to make up to the treehouse on thir- on Friday. So, oh, yeah, but- and I think uh, I think I might grab Bip Roberts too while we're oh, cool. here. Okay, I'm looking over before we get to Johnny Gomes. Uh, you're one of your favorites, one of our friends in the program, the great Dennis Eckersley is over by the Red Sox dugout. Did you book Eck? I, I don't bother Eck when he's sitting in the in the press box by himself. He just looks looks like he wants to be alone. Go up and talk to him. <laughs> uh, book uh, him. I'll say I don't hi care. To him. If he wants to do it at six in the morning. I don't care what time. <laughs> he wants to do it at three in the morning. I don't care. We'll do it at any time. Any time. We'll get him. He lives here now, I believe. So we can get him. Maybe we can get him soon. If he lives here, he's on our time. He lives here. He's he works for us now. No, well, there we go. All right. Well, then, I, if he works for us now, if that's if that's true, then I can definitely. Get yes. Him. Yes. He's one of our ambassadors, or whatever. I'll get him. That I'll, I'll I'll go through the great Dietrich page, and we'll. we'll have... I go down, and you grab him. You're Cody, and you tell him who you are, and we want him on. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go over well. Echo, like who? Who are you? Who Who am I talking to? What guy? You You let him know. Take the bull <laughs> by the horns. All righty, here is our buddy, and. You know, one of my all-time favorites, no question. Here's Johnny Gomes. Now joining us here on A's Cast Live, he's one of your all-time favorites as he's a two-time World Series champion. He's one of the great leaders in Oakland A's history. From Petaluma, the great Johnny Gomes is with us once again. Of course, I'll be doing a little TV with Johnny later here, NBC Sports California. Johnny, how are you? Right on schedule, Townsy, right on schedule. You know, I got to think for you, coming back and doing this is something that's great. As a guy that grew up an A's fan, you love playing here. I know what this fan base and this franchise meant to you. But then all of a sudden you retire, right, and things change in your life. What does it mean to come back and do TV and, and have the A's want you to be a part of this still? Yeah, well, so once the cleats got hung up, um, 
it was a uh, pretty easy decision, and it was kind of hit me in the face that baseball, all I know, I'm not cut out for the real world. I'm not cut out to go uh, do some real estate crap or, you know, some insurance or invest in that or climb the freaking crypto chain or the dot-com disc or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm a baseball rat, Townsy. Uh, can't play it anymore. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, but I love watching it. I love talking it. I love educating the youth. I love educating the fans. Uh, I love watching it. So uh, with that being said, it, it was a no-brainer uh, to come back home, right, and uh, yeah. talk some shop and watch the team that, you know, I, I, I grew up watching and that gave me the love for the game dating back to the late 80s, early 90s. And, and people need to realize that when you're talking about you don't want to be in the dot-coms and you're not going to be a Silicon Valley guy and you're not going to be a Bitcoin guy, you might be very thankful for that someday. Um, you're still in the game and you're still in a way still playing. Uh, you know, we, we know about the Savannah bananas, but I want you to talk about what, how you're growing the game and how you've been a part of this new style that hopefully we're going to see this coming year at, at the all-star game. It's a, it's a version of home run derby that you guys are doing not only here, but abroad. And it just seems like, and a lot of people, cause I had never heard of the concept. Uh, I know some people, whether it's YouTube, some people have been able to watch it, but you're bringing something new. It, it's like a way for you to stay in the game with still kind of playing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's called the home run derby X. Um, now there's two sides of it right now. One is like this virtual cage that we have. So it's just like a batting cage in this huge screen that's uh, behind the cage. And it's almost like gamified the, uh, the data and the home run and the distance. And instead of the distance, it's a point scheme. Uh, and you can just basically drop this cage inside an existing venue anywhere. Uh, we were just in T-square in the middle of London. Um, we're going to go to Mexico City. Last year, we did Seoul, South Korea. Um, you saw the NFL. You saw the NBA going global. Why is it going global? Because global players play in this game, right? And to grow the game, I think it's really important to get more viewerships overseas. Um, how do you do that? You do that with exciting events, right? Baseball to the uneducated new fan might be slow, might be too long. Uh, granted, these new rules have changed things, but uh, just hitting them right in the face with some home runs, some exciting, some fan engagement, some logo blast, uh, super, super cool event. We're coming to Hartford, Connecticut, and Fredericksburg, Virginia, the two ones in the States, Mexico City later this year, but a home run derby X, super, super cool. Yeah, the concept is unbelievable, and it's kind of, you know, it's like X Games. How, yep. You know, you looked at the Olympic Games, and you create X Games. Then I think about the Savannah Bananas, and we, we get to see all the hijinks and everything on Twitter. But some of it, like, some of it you go, huh, that's a pretty damn good idea. Like, like the fans can catch balls, and it's an out, and that fan, it went viral when the fan caught the last out of the game. Now, I don't think that ever happens in Major League Baseball, but are there some things that you've noticed with the Savannah Bananas, and now that baseball is actually looking to get younger, cooler, hipper, is there something that you think goes, you know what, that possibly could translate? Well, I think there's two sides of it. So I think – 
the Savannah Bananas is a genius idea and it's become a cult following and it's really, really exciting event. Uh, fan first, you know, is their first rule, fan first. I mean, if you want a ball, you want an autograph, you're getting it. You're getting exciting <laughs> from the, the second you walk through the gate till the two hour time limit is up. I think the banana rule should stay with the bananas, but I think there should be more banana ball. Right. You look back and remember the big uh, and one push in the NBA. Yeah. Right? So do we want some of those rules to go to the NBA? No. But let's just get and one bigger. Right. So I don't think people are going to uh, veer away from MLB to watch the Savannah Bananas. I think 100 percent you can watch both of them. And man, the, the, these guys are hotter than a pistol right now. And it, it's really, really cool to go. Uh, it's really, really cool to be a part of. My son, my son wears a Savannah banana hat, uh, and he gets asked no matter where we go, like, yeah. holy cow, where'd you get that hat? Like, what? You've been to a game. Tickets are so hard to get. They're like Taylor Swift tickets, man. They're, they're freaking so hard to get. It's, it's a really cool platform. Kind of reminds me of when we were growing up, the Harlem Globetrotters, right? Oh. They would show up to town, sell out arenas. They'd be there for a couple nights, and they'd move on. It was like a traveling road show where they'd kind of be like golf or NASCAR going from town to town, tennis. Uh, it's almost like something like – and maybe that's what the Savannah Bananas will be at some point. Uh, or if we have a Savannah Bananas in each major town and kind of yep. have like a league and expand on it. I love the idea. I mean, you know, it's about showing that baseball can be fun. Let's have yep. some humor. Let's have some yep. fun. Let's And some of the ideas are creative. I mean, really creative. Yeah, no, it's every bit Circus Olay. It's every bit of Vegas show. Um, and the concept of it, when you watch it, it's like, oh, it just flows really good. It was exciting. It's fun. But if you break it down, like it's really hard to find good baseball players that are also showmen. Um, so for them to have these tryouts, for them to have these players open up and get creative and do their TikToks and do all this trendy stuff. But also when the ball is in play, it's really good baseball, really clean baseball. So you're getting all the demographics and you're getting new demographics and new fans for the game. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Is you've got to be both. Yeah. You know, and that's why, well, that's why there's one Vegas, right? That's right. There's not that many people who can do We're talking about people who can play baseball at a high level and be full on legit entertainers. Yeah. I can find you plenty of baseball players. I can fly, find you plenty of entertainers. Yeah. How many can do both? Yeah. I mean, these guys are, they, they really, you know, tip your hat to them. I mean, Catching a big league pop-up, if you will, you know, catching a ball with a four and a half second of hang time, 290 feet away from home plate. We watch it every day. Might look easy, but this general, it's it's tough to do that while doing a backflip. That's next level, man. That's freaking next level. And I want to watch that all day long. I can't do yeah. it, but I want to watch it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's outstanding. All right, back talking to the A's. I mean, you brought up a point last night. NBC Sports, California, A's pregame live. I thought it was great. And it goes back to your days, not as a Ray, but as a devil Ray, mm -hmm. where the A's at this point finally going younger. You know, the average age of the opening day lineup was almost 30. Now it's 25. You're going younger. You have this unbelievable opportunity 
to where no one's judging you on wins and losses. You're just being judged. Like, put up some numbers. And you talked about playing with your hair on fire. You got nothing to lose. Yeah. How do you install that as a guy that's been a leader in a clubhouse and a leader in the clubhouse here in Oakland? How do you install them in, in these guys? Because they're young and obviously, you know, they're trying to figure out and it's kind of like, no, 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 no. Go out there and play to win attack. I want you to be in attack mode for nine innings. Yeah, man, like I mentioned, it's like, I mean, playing blackjack or, you know, gambling with your own money, you know, it can be a nightmare at times. Um, but if someone was to hand you the money and was like, here you go, whatever you win, you get to keep, right? So you get to double down on stupid stuff. You get to hit on 18, 19 if you want. You can do whatever you want. And because you're not losing your own money. So you get to play rambunctious. You get to do silly things. You get to challenge yourself. Take bigger leads, right? Try and steal third with two outs. Do stuff like uh, take take the leash off, take the governor off. Like O2 pitch, don't shoot it the other way. Freaking try and pull a homer. Who cares? You know, O2 pitch, throw a fastball right down the middle, shock everybody. And you'll you'll find out with when you're playing with conviction and when you're playing loose, that's what superstars do. And it's really hard to get to that level. So even when you're in last place, you kind of get that ability to just cut it loose and go for it. It is so hard to explain that to people. Like when you hear the stories about King Griffey Jr. Yes. The bloodlines, the ability off the charts, but the way he approached it, where he approached baseball, like it was a game. Mm -hmm. He didn't grind video. He didn't, I mean, he showed up and played. Now, obviously the great ability to allow him to do that, but how many times did Ken Griffey Jr., because a lot of guys have great ability, great athletes, but they're they're locked up inside here. Billy Bean was one of the great athletes coming out of his time. He was tall. He was fast. But he, mentioned, he mentions it all the time. I was a mental midget, right, yeah. where he was drafted. He and Daryl Strawberry were both first-round picks of the New York Mets. They both are about the same size. Both could run. Both could have power. But Daryl Strawberry just went out and played at a great time to where Billy Bean couldn't get out of this. They're almost the same guy, but one guy went on to have a great career. The other guy didn't. Well, it wasn't because of athletic ability. It's because what was here. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, just because you're playing with your hair on fire and you're letting it loose and you're going all this stuff doesn't mean you're going to have, like, all this success. But what a great way to be able to play in the big leagues, you know, with stuff like that. And every single day when you're in that spoiler role or every single day that you're in last place is a job interview. It's 100% of a job interview because those are teams that first place teams are looking for because everyone on that roster is tradable, right? And there's a couple ways to play our game. One is to put up a lot of number, a lot of good numbers and get into October, put up a lot of good numbers to get paid, or put up good numbers to get traded to a contender, right? So every single time you put that uniform on in last place, it's 100% a job interview, and you want to be wanted. What is the key to helping the young guys get comfortable so they can perform at their best, even though there's going to be failure, but for you as like the leader and you see these young guys, what is the key and what would you do with them? 
Yeah. So, I mean, failure is a huge part of our game. Our game is a results-driven industry built around failure. But you want your failure to happen with preparation, and you want your failure to fail with max ability, right? So you strike out. What happened right there? I was sitting on changeup, and he threw a fastball. That's preparation, right? Like you had a plan going to the plate. Like you should never be late on a fastball in last place, ever. You should never not run hard to first base in last place. Like these are things that, you know, hustle should never get applauded in last place. It should be expected. When you're in first place, right, you have the little injury prevention. You don't want to get hurt. October is in the near future. You're going to get some days off here and there. But, man, every single day you show up to the yard, it's a job interview. Front row seat is the team you're playing against. And then the scouts behind, those are the teams for the trade chips. Those are the most valuable guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like I want to plant you in there right now and uh, put you in uniform and let you help these young guys out because, you know, th- there's so much that goes on in baseball, whether we're talking on the field or even off the field. There's there's a lot to teach guys. You know, you know they may have been drafted and got a little cash, but now they're going to have things coming their way that they've never had before. There's, there's pitfalls away from the stadium that young guys can follow into that older guys can help them stay out of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of the reasons why there's five levels underneath the big leagues, unlike any other sport, unlike any of the other three major sports in the U.S. with hockey, basketball, and football. You go college to the show, right? There's so much more to learn about being a pro, about being a big leaguer, about having a big league routine, about how, having a big league repo, um, you know, uh, approach. Uh, one of the hardest things to beat in the big leagues is your scouting report. So you have to be a really good self-evaluator, right? I'm a really good fan hitter. So guess what you're not going to see majority of the time, right? You got to be able to switch. You hit a home run on a fastball. Probably not going to see that again. You have a really good series. You have to go back and look, how was I pitched? Not going to get pitched that way the same way. You know, we we've talked and I and, and we're going to do this later on TV. We're going to be talking about Shohei Otani and the whole everybody's like, is he going to get traded? Is he not going to get traded? What should he get traded for? He's just a rental. Where will he sign? It's a simple question right now from the Angels point of view, everybody else point of view. Obviously, if you bring Otani in, he helps you for your playoff run. He helps you once you get into the tournament. He helps you so many different ways. He's basically two players in one. We know all of that. But our game is just not all about that. This is a business. So I've brought up the point. Shohei Otani to the Angels is big money. I mean big, big, big money. It's big international money. We have seen it on our standpoint. When Shohei Otani shows up, we have people calling us who want to put Japanese advertisements behind home plate. So we make money off Shohei Otani internationally. So you can just imagine what they make off of him. I have brought up today in today's show, if we remember back to the World Baseball Classic, the last two games Team Japan played, somewhere between 80 to 90% of all televisions we're on the World Baseball Classic in Japan. There's massive power 
with Shohei Otani staying with the Angels, especially if he's going after the home run record, which we didn't really do that much with Judge, but I wonder what we'll do with him about it being the clean record, if he's able to do it, and how they'll perceive it as a Japanese player having the all-time record in the United States. This thing could be massive. I think could be in the hundreds of millions when you talk of what the Angels could make if they keep them versus the baseball sense of the deal is, listen, I'm probably not keeping them at the end of the year. I don't want to be bad for years to come. Can he get me five to six, whatever it is, whatever number you want to put on it, prospects? We know not all of them will hit. Hopefully some of them will, and that'll help us be better in the future. What's more important if you're the Angels? Wow. I mean, it, it, there's there's a lot to unfold. There, there really is, and I can only imagine these meetings that are getting had – so you can't forget that, you know, the Angels were almost for sale. And then yeah. they weren't, right? Probably because of the money that Shale Otani was bringing in. And you, you're going to be in the green a thousand percent by hanging on to the team one more year uh, or multiple years. Now, you, you look at some of the huge trades like in our past, I mean, all the way going back to Babe Ruth, right, was traded. But you can talk about like A-Rod going from Texas to New York. You can talk about a Roger Clemens. You can talk about a Pedro. You can talk about the 2012 Red Sox, the huge trade, Adrian Gonzalez, Josh Beckett, Carl Crawford going to L.A. Majority of these trades are actually like salary dumps. You can talk about Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from Washington to L.A. And because these guys were coming up on free agency and the organization probably couldn't afford them. Uh, and Evan Longoria, uh, David Price in Tampa. Um, the Angels can afford him. They, they, they really can keep him. But the, the, the over the haul you can get for this guy is unlike any other trade in history, even as a rental. Um, now, to get this guy for what you have to give up, you, you have to be, it's World Series or bust. So, how many of those teams are out there? That That's interesting. And there's probably every single exec on the team that he could get traded to in these meetings, scouting their players, who to give up, how much money to take, all this stuff. But it really comes down to one dude. One dude, and that's Artie Moreno. Artie says yes, he goes. Artie says no, <laughs> he doesn't go. His whole thing comes down to one guy. Well, what do you do if you're Artie Moreno? What do you do? You, you, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's the kind of money. Once we really learned this from the World Baseball Classic. It's the kind of money you can go buy a bunch of players. I mean, he this has potential for big, big money. And reality is, yeah, some of those once all those prospects hits, that's great, and that could help you for years to come. I mean, it's it, what do you do? Do you go with the money or do you go with the future? It, it, it's it's the craziest thing you could ever imagine right now because you are kind of arguing that Otani is a lot more valuable than Mike Trout, the best guy yeah. in this game in the last 80 years. Yeah. Uh, what if, you know, trade Trout to Philly and give Otani $600 million? How about that? You know, I mean, there, there, there's a lot on the line. Uh, how long is Artie plan on keeping the team? Um, 
it's a, it, it's a really, really cool track record to follow hourly and daily in our game. Do you trade them or not if you're Artie Moreno? Well, it depends on how long I plan on keeping the team, to tell you the truth, because you you could – I mean, it's the only guy in the game right now, literally the only guy in the game that your minor league system could jump uh, 18 spots. You know, you could be 18th in the farm system and jump to one with this guy if you want, yeah. um, especially if you made it like a – two to three to four team trade to where you're getting prospects from four different organizations. And a lot of guys are, you know, let's not forget about that option too. This isn't like getting three prospects from the Yankees. You can get three from the Yankees. You can get three from the Dodgers. You can get three from Texas. <coughs> Who knows where Otani goes. Some other guys move around. This could be a complete overhaul. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be great. All right, buddy. We will see you a little bit later as we'll be breaking down game two of the Red Sox and the Oakland Athletics A's pre and post game live on NBC Sports California. I can just say this, knowing how the fans feel, it's great to have you back in the mix. See you at the office, buddy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Chris Townsend, and it is summertime. You want to look your best, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Commander Cody, we've got our new shipment from Link Soul, all the summer gear. So whether you're playing golf or you're going out for dinner, you're hanging out with your buddies, or you're going to the beach, go see our friends at LinkSoul.com. And right now they have an offer where you can get 20% off. Go to LinkSoul.com. Remember in the big leagues, look good, play good. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.